further ado, good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Nick Morrissey, joining us here, Associate Professor of Surgery, also Chief Compliance Officer at Columbia Department of Surgery. Um, and so, uh, Nick, welcome in. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking some time to join us. You're on with myself and, of course, Matthias Kiwanuka. Um, thank you, my friend. How are you doing? Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, good. Happy New Year. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought it would be important to have you on just to look back and look forward, right? So, so if you can, I know because you and I were texting, uh, you know, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday morning in regard to when, when this all went down. Why don't you kind of explain uh, in layman's terms um, exactly what happened on, on Monday night that sent uh, DeMar to the hospital? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, the heart is, a, is an organ that um, has an electrical system and, you um, it's important that the electrical system work in a co- coordinated way to create sort of a rhythmic pumping of the blood. And what happens in this case, it's a condition called commodio cortis, where there's a, just a sharp blow to the heart right at the right time in the cardiac cycle, and it sends it into an ineffective rhythm, which is called ventricular fibrillation. So instead of having like a regular rhythmic pumping, which is very effective in sending blood to the rest of the body, it gets into a completely random um, fluttering or fibrillation and it just it's not effective in pumping blood and that's why one of the first things you see happen is somebody passes out because you know the brain is the most important organ that we want to get blood to so you know that sort of a thump which you know i don't know if you remember back in the old days we used to watch these like tv shows or medical shows when someone would be down on the ground they would thump them in the chest to try to get the heart back into a regular rhythm so it went into probably into ventricular fibrillation from the trauma and then very ineffective pumping of blood and then there's no blood to the brain and the patient passes out and then the rest of the body as well. So it's really a life-threatening situation has to be managed very quickly. Good morning, doctor. Thanks for coming on with us. Can you talk about the likelihood of this happening? I know it's been reported that this is, you know, a very, very unique scenario and, you know, there's probably a lot of people parents and players and coaches out there at the younger level who are wondering what their level of concern should be in terms of playing football. What is the likelihood of an event like this happening, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, sure. Good question. I don't know that you can put an actual number on it. It's been reported several times. It's one of those things in the medical literature that um, has been described, and it's mostly described in situations in younger people where a projectile or some kind of blunt trauma, like a baseball or a hockey puck or things like that. The number is very, very low. It's it's nothing in the order of even 1%. It's much less than that. Um, you know, others have talked about the fact that there are other things in sports and trauma that are much more likely to be problematic. So um, the chances of this happening, uh, again, not to, to avoid trying to put a number on it, but the number is actually at quite low. It has to be a perfect timing of the trauma in a perfect location and during the cardiac cycle. So, uh, so the reports that we're hearing uh, from the hospital on on Demar is, is is really outstanding, right? Like no longer on a breathing apparatus, uh, able to to zoom and FaceTime with his his teammates. Was was tweeting yesterday. He still is in in critical condition. They're reporting, but your thoughts on you know what's what's the healing process like? And 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 are there any long lasting effects? Do you think? Uh, you know, that Hamlin will ever be able to play football again? Like, what, what realistically, what can we spe- ex- expect in regard to, to the healing process? Yeah, so when you and I spoke earlier in the week, I think the first thing that I was concerned about, and you're always concerned about it, someone who's, who's down, what we call someone down when they're, they don't have a pulse uh, or a breathing, you know, is 
how much time was there not blood to the brain? And, you know, the most concerning thing that I thought in being hit down that night was how much, how much damage to the brain will there be? So, um, you know, the key is how quickly they got out there and started CPR. Um, you know, he, he had pretty aggressive CPR, which is, you know, not to get too much into the medicine, but I think part of the issues with his lungs, you know, being on the ventilator for a few days, when you do really good CPR, you're compressing the chest, you can cause some trauma to the lungs. That's usually something that's overcome rather quickly. And you can see that you know, he came off the breathing tube on Friday, meaning his lungs kind of recovered. But the fact that they were to institute CPR aggressively early uh, really helped to sustain blood flow to his brain. So when you see him start to talk on Friday and get when he gets the breathing tube out, asking, you know, who won the game and then yesterday tweeting, uh, to me, that tells me that his, the most important thing is that they were able to institute good quality CPR and keep the blood flow going to his brain throughout this process. So, you know, I've been asked before about other athletes who've had some really devastating uh, injuries. Like I remember Serena Williams several years ago had blood clots in her legs that went to her lungs twice. Mm-hmm. Came back after that in one you know, major tournament. So I think with these elite, you know, well-trained physically um, very fit athletes, you can never count them out from coming back to play. Listening to him, he sounds like, you know, he's still really into it and he wants to get back. I think that some of the things they're going to have to do, he's going to have to have more of a thorough evaluation of his heart function to see if there's been any permanent damage to the, you know, to the heart itself. And also to, you know, from neurologic testing and some other things to make sure that, you know, things are still in order for him to try to go back if that's uh, if that's something that he wants to do. But I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't count him out if it's something that he wants to do. Without without knowing the details um, or the specifics, is there anything inherently about an episode like this that would make him more susceptible to having another um, you know issue in the future? Yeah, so they're, I'm sure that they're going to have him evaluated by like an extra electrophysiologic uh, cardiologist and another cardiologist. I think there are ways to assess whether the electrical system of the heart is functioning properly. Uh, nothing about having it happen at one time should make him necessarily susceptible to it again, unless there's permanent damage to the part of the heart that may control some of the electrical system. So that's going to be part of the, the workup they're going to do, I'm sure. And you can never get to, say, 100%. Uh, but but again, it would be extremely unlikely to have something like this happen again. Again, Dr. Nick Morrissey joining us here at 98.7 ESPN. Um, any any final thoughts um, before we let you go? No, I just you know it was it was really tough to watch this. I think everybody sort of shares this idea. You know, I'm at the age where you know my kids are almost his age. I thought to myself, Jesus, I felt so bad for his parents, like watching mm-hmm. and seeing this go on. So. I think this is one of the things. There's been a lot of writing in the in the papers this week about you know football and, and you know safety and um, the things that we that we expect from our athletes. And I think just thinking about it as a parent and then as a person watching this kid who's clearly just a terrific kid and really hurting and thinking about the fact that he may not make it through. It's really encouraging to see him talk and and. Uh, you know, wake up and really get involved with his teammates. It was, it was heartening to see how everybody reacted to this. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll learn from this and um, keep working on increasing the safety of uh, young men and women who are playing in these sports. 
Dr. Nick, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. Really do appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, thank doctor. You, you got sure. it. Um, quick break. We come back. Rich Samini is going to join us. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll find out what's going on with the Jets as they get ready to try to play spoiler to the Miami Dolphins. That next, here on 98.7 ESPN.